Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. Welcome into the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky after Ole Miss gets a two-touchdown win over Auburn to go to 7-0 and on the season. Didn't cover the spread, though, for those of you that were, were invested. They came up just a point or a point and a half or a half a point short, depending on the book you used. Either way, though, Ole Miss gets a two-touchdown win over Auburn to move to 7-0, and setting up a couple of big road games. They're up to number seven in the country. I think it deserved ranking, and we're talking about that tonight. My name, again, is Michael Borky. Please follow me on Twitter, if you haven't already, at Michael Borky, or Facebook or YouTube, all under the same name, B-O-R-K-E-Y. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to give you some positive spin. I'm going to give you some negative spin, and then I'll tell you what I believe to be the absolute truth is. So the 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 red and blue glasses, the negative Nancy, and the truth lying somewhere in the middle. That's the theme of today's show. If you have not already, please subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast. Search Rebel Report. I would recommend Spotify. If you don't use it, I would recommend it. That is the best podcast app. The Apple one is a disaster, but if you use Apple, that's okay too. Just search Rebel Report and subscribe, leave a rating and a review. So here's your positive spin. So Ole Miss, again, gets the win, a two-touchdown win. They score 48 points. They run for 458 – well, excuse me. Uh, Never mind, because college, they count sack yardage. Uh, I oversold it. 448 yards Ole Miss rushed for – in this game, 448 yards as a team. They average, averaged 6.5 per carry. That is uh, as dominating of a rushing performance against an SEC team as you could fathom, especially one from the SEC West. Uh, so here's your positive spin. You, you scored 48 points against an SEC West team and beat them by two touchdowns. It cannot be overstated just simply how impressive that is when that was the result. Again, you scored 48 points. You ran for 450 yards on six and a half per carry against an SEC West team, and you won by two touchdowns. And most of the reaction was, heck yeah, awesome. But like the the, the culture shift that Lane Kiffin has given that program in such a short period of time is hard to fathom. It's it's hard to wrap my mind around the 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 culture and the mindset, the turnaround that the, that he has brought to that program in such a short time where they didn't come anywhere close to playing their best football and they scored 48 points and won by two touchdowns against an SEC West team. They're undefeated in the league, they're top 10 in the country, they're 7 and 0. They're favored going into Baton Rouge. They, I mean, that that is remarkable how quickly he has turned things around. So, so I mean, there's your positive spin. If you want to ignore anything else, you're seven and zero. You you ran for a billion yards. You passed for four fifty last week, and then you turn around and ran for four fifty this week. 
how many offenses in America, regardless of the competition level, could honestly do those two things back to back? I think it's very few uh, that, that are capable of throwing for that many and then turning around, both in conference games, by the way. And I know Vanderbilt's not particularly good, but still, both in conference games to throw for what they did in Nashville and then turn around and one run for what they did against Auburn uh, shows you the offensive diversity that comes uh, with a Lane Kiffin coach team. And you, the fans, by the way, um, it, it wasn't just the fact that the team 7-0 and and they ran for a billion yards and beat an SEC West team by two touchdowns to, to go to 7-0, and and all that's just, just really, really good, and it cannot be overstated how special – what has happened so far this season is because there are Ole Miss teams, a lot of them, there are pretty good Ole Miss teams that would have lost probably multiple games already. And yet, even when things have gotten weird, like it got in Nashville for a little while, or even this past Saturday against Auburn or or the Tulsa game, past Ole Miss teams again, even good ones would have lost games so far. And Ole Miss has not done that. Um, but you, the fans, have also uh, responded. Uh, you know, I'm going to toot your horn a little bit here. Uh, the 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 visuals at Vault Hemingway on Saturday were excellent. I love powder blue. I, I know it's not like a a poppy color. It's more of a a, a laid back, like relaxed kind of color. But the powder blue in the daytime looked beautiful. I mean, the stadium was packed. Uh, it sounded like the crowd was engaged the entire game, even after the rain delay or whatever delay the sun shining delay for 30 minutes i was impressed by the number of people that that stayed and and finished the end of the game i mean that was a four and a half hour football game with the delay mixed in so um you guys did an incredible job back-to-back home games anyway at 11 a.m incredible crowds that were seemingly engaged the whole time stayed the whole time Possibly impacted the game. I, I didn't hear Kiffin mention that after this one, but he mentioned it after Kentucky. Um, and that matters. Uh, I mean, your, your recruiting visit list was filled with high-level players. That was impressive. And to do that for two consecutive 11 a.m. games uh, when there are the the brand programs, air quotes, around the country that have afternoon and night games that they're not filling up, and to do that twice for 11 a.m. kickoffs is impressive, and you guys deserve a lot of credit for that. You've created a, a great atmosphere for a terrible time slot two weeks in a row. And, you know, there are some places where that would have happened, but not as many as people think. For all the stupidity around the old Miss and attendance stuff that came and, you know, you can thank Lane Kiffin for that. But of all the stupidity that came from that, from national people or whatever about attendance and crowd size and all that crap, look at what happened after that. And, of course, nobody talks after that. Imagine that. Um, it's almost like people in my business just want to pile on and then move on. But stadium looked great. Atmospheres were great. Team is 7-0. and uh, They do a lot of things well. They are now in first place in the West. Uh, Jackson Dart, despite the numbers, I thought was really good. Uh, had a couple of drops in there. The interception was 100% not his fault, despite Dan Orlovsky trying so hard to convince you that it was his fault. It absolutely was not. Um, 
the, the numbers don't reflect, the passing numbers don't reflect how well I think he played. I, I thought he was quite good. Um, and then, of course, in the running game, how effective he is. And he runs the the read option so well. And it looks like he's learned how to slide a little bit. And Evans and Judkins are, are just beasts. And, I mean, it, it, when, when you – when you look at it like that, it was just a hell of a day. It, it really was. And and you had the conversations about auditions and all that crap going into it. And I, I don't see any of that today. Um, I mean, when Harson gets fired, which may happen on Monday, you know, you know, maybe that'll come back up. But it it, it kind of feels like you guys aren't going to have to deal with that near as much as you did last year. You can actually just enjoy your football season, uh, which is one that I think you can enjoy. So there's your positive spin. I mean, and and you can't take that away from this team, from you guys. What is happening to your program is remarkable, considering where it was and historically where you've been to be in this spot is really impressive. So before we get to the negative spin, I'm going to tell you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi and you or your business are in the market for office technology, anything, if it's tech, if it's in the office and you need it, absms.com, Advantage Business Systems, has you covered. If you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me, absms.com. All right, here's your negative spin. Auburn ran for 300 yards on 6.3 per carry. Tank Bigsby got the ball 20 times and had 180 yards rushing, nine yards per carry by Tank Bigsby. Jarquez Hunter had 81 himself on 10 carries. That's eight per carry. Um, Auburn gashed Ole Miss. Robbie Ashford uh, was effective with his legs uh, without sack yardage factored in. He had 70 rushing yards as well. On eight completions, he had 140 passing yards, again, on eight completions as well. Ole Miss's run defense in this game was horrid, uh, was, was absolutely terrible in this game. And, and what would what would really be frustrating, I assume, when the coaches watch the film is, yet again, here is a game where Ole Miss had the opportunity to deliver a kill shot. You had it against Troy. You had it against Tulsa. You had it against Kentucky and here against Auburn. You're up 21 to nothing. Auburn had 23 total yards at the end of the first quarter. You're scoring with ease. I mean, I made a joke on Twitter about how Lane was going to be mad because the student section was going to leave because you were blowing them out that bad. I mean, it just it felt like that was Ole Miss's day and they were doing everything right and limiting Auburn and all that. And then there was a third and long. Ashford is a broken play. He escapes the pocket, converts, and like a few plays later, Auburn scores and, and then almost just kind of let them right back into the game. So not only did they get gashed, but they had opportunities multiple to deliver kill shots and just couldn't do it. And that's the, what the fourth game this season where they really could have buried their opponent and, and they did not do it. Tackling in the back end of their defense was terrible. Uh, it wasn't all scheme. I mean, people were just you know, blaming Partridge for everything. Now, there's some questions there as well, but not everything was scheme. I mean, multiple times you had a safety in position to make a play at the line of scrimmage and 
whether it be arm tackling or bad angles or bad fits, uh, missed tackles that led to long runs. Ole Miss was pushed around on the interior a little bit. Now they are banged up. Cedric Johnson didn't play. There's, you know, Troy Brown was struggling with his health going into the game. Uh, Kari Coleman hasn't played much. Jared Ivey got hurt during the course of the game, uh, finished the game, but, you know, something happened to him. Uh, so injuries aren't. Uh, Aren't on Olmus's side at the moment, but still, uh, Auburn absolutely gashed them. Bad angles, poor tackling, lack of physicality at times. Uh, they, they let a bad quarterback get comfortable. I, I think there were multiple times in the game where Ole Miss just decided to essentially rush three and drop eight, and, and Ole Miss just straight up with three rushers, especially without Cedric Johnson, are not getting home. They haven't been able to do it all year, and even a bad quarterback like Robbie Ashford throwing the football can beat you if you give him all day to throw. So the lack of aggressiveness at times uh, was a little bit frustrating to watch, um, and they need to stack the box more. I mean, Auburn's running two tight end sets, and you've got five-man boxes, and they just ran all over you, and, and the competition's going to increase. I mean, Auburn was a bad rushing offense. I know Bigsby's good, but statistically, they were pretty bad going into this game in terms of rushing offense and the numbers associated with it. The challenge is going to increase this week in Baton Rouge. The challenge is going to be there, – there's going to be a challenge in College Station despite how bad A&M has been uh, so far this season. A-Chain's an electric player. Uh, Daniels with LSU is – a similar player to, to Ashford, but he threw the football really well in Gainesville. I know Florida's quite bad defensively, but still, uh, the, the challenge increases. And that that is a pretty sobering performance from the defense. I mean, they should be better than that. I think, and I mean, we saw it last year. It was Durkin and not Partridge, but I mean, you remember the deep, compare the Ole Miss defense from the Arkansas game to the A&M or Mississippi State or Tennessee game last year. So they improved. I mean, it's it's not like this is what they're going to be forever. That's why you have coaches. That's why they make lots and lots of money is so they can make adjustments and figure out how this happened. But that was a very sobering performance from the defense. Lack of physicality, bad angles, bad tackling, got absolutely gashed by an otherwise bad rushing offense. So if that does not improve, uh, losses are coming. If if that does not uh, improve, because that was bad, that was very bad. And, and delivering the kill shot is something that they've got to get better at. They, they have to get better at delivering the kill shot. They had chances, and they've had chances multiple times this year. Could have put away Kentucky, didn't do it. Could have put away Auburn, and, and didn't do it. Before we get to the middle, the truth. I want to tell you the podcast is also brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University. You've got all week to get one of their daily lunch specials. Those are Monday through Friday. And unless you're going to Baton Rouge, uh, your team's going to be on the road this weekend, and you're probably going to be cooking with meat, at least I hope you are. So go to LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue uh, right there in Oxford. It is the best place in this state to get your meat. Good people there. When you go tell Greg I sent you, they'll uh, they'll hook you up. They've got you know sides, advice, whatever you need. If you're cooking with meat, they've got you covered at LB's just across from Kroger on University in Oxford. So, honestly, the truth is with this team, at least as I see it, 
Uh, I think that they are very close to being a borderline elite football team. They're just not consistent enough. And, and Kiffin alluded to that after the game and before the game as well. He's talked about it a lot lately. Is There are times where this team looks like they are elite. And there are times where they don't. And I think that they are closer to being an upper echelon team than it. Let me rephrase that. I don't think they like play above their heads. I think that they are very close to putting it all together as opposed to they're fool's gold and they're about to get exposed. I don't think that's the case. I think they're too well coached. I think they're too dangerous and balanced on offense uh, for them to be fool's gold, air quotes, fool's gold, and prepared to get exposed. I think they are. Um, they, they have the makings of a really good football team. They have yet to put consistent games together, though. And if they don't change that, that will get them beat. But they're running into two games that are going to teach us a lot about them. Going to Baton Rouge and winning or losing. Uh, we'll tell you a lot about this team. Same thing in College Station. I, I think the takes about how we got to wait till Alabama to know what this team is made of is ridiculous. It, th- that to me is uh, absurd. If we're really going to undersell going to Tiger Stadium and going to College Station and playing those rosters, despite not being elite teams this year, they're still great teams and great or not great teams. They, they still have great players on those teams, and those are tough environments to play in, especially with a young quarterback. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about this team in the next couple of weeks. They are capable of being an elite football team, but they're flawed. And when you look across college football, isn't everybody? Tennessee's flawed. They gave up 49 points at home. Their secondary is one of the worst in college football, the second worst in the SEC. But they also have high-level quarterback play, great scheme, all that. Alabama's obviously flawed. I think Georgia's flawed. They're not explosive enough offensively. Everybody in college football is. So Ole Miss is too. But if they are able to put games together and execute for four quarters, there are very few teams in college football that can beat them. They're close to being like that. We're about to find out in these next two weeks if they're prepared to take that next step or not. But they are close. They're very, very close. The pieces are there. The players are there. Got to get better and run defense in a hurry. But they're very, very close. I think we learned that this weekend. Yes, it's Auburn. They're about to fire Brian Harson. whatever. People are going to do the, oh, we don't know anything about Ole Miss after this game. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. The fact that they ran for 450 yards and won a game by two touchdowns against an SEC West team, and people are concerned after that, tells you a lot, honestly, about the team, the program, the talent, the coaching. Tells you a lot uh, about them. So that's the truth as I see it. They're not a finished product yet. If they put it all together, they will be extremely hard to beat. If they don't, Loss or two is coming their way over the next few weeks. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Michael Borky again. I appreciate all of you, and I will see you um, in the next one. See you soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.